Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com <laughs> No way! Uh. Hello, Egg Chasers, and welcome to this, the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. Is this the first, yes, the first one of 2019, isn't it? It is. Oh, it is. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy, New, Happy Year. New Year. Uh, of course, we're here 52 weeks of the year, so thank you if you listened over the festive period. Hope you had a great one. Um, but we're here to talk rugby in the rugby dungeon. I'm Tim, that's JB. Hello, Timothy. Uh, what have you been doing today, JB? Because it's, it's disconcerting how how uh, scrubbed up you are. Normally, we, we get you in... <laughs> Well, we're lucky if we get you in clothes, frankly. Certainly yeah. socks is uh, ambitious to he's wearing, he's wearing a, a chunky knitwear cardigan. Yeah, well, <laughs> you can tell Very about odd. clothes. Um, <laughs> yeah, basically, I've been the housebound all weekend because uh, we were expecting our second child and things are uh, you know, at a point where it could arrive any day. So no rugby for me, unless it's at the AJ Bell, which we'll talk about later. Uh, so I'm going stir crazy. So I've had to tidy up the dungeon, dress myself, you know, done all those sort of things. You were very brave when we, when Phil and I walked in. Evening, Phil. Evening, you're right. We, you were very brave when, when we walked in, um, arguing with your heavily pregnant wife about uh, <laughs> about plumbing in a tumble dryer. No, no one wants to know about tumble my dryer and washing machine. Yeah, so no one wants to know about my domestic situation. But my genius wife wants to put a tumble dryer and <laughs> And a washing machine right outside the rugby dungeon, where I want to put a bench press machine uh, <laughs> and other assorted weights. That's a, that's a cry for help right there. Yeah. Um, we're fortunately not going to talk about our domestic domestic arguments. Uh, we are going to talk rugby, though. And, domestic rugby? Well, lots of domestic rugby. Yeah, it's European rugby next weekend, but a load of domestic rugby to talk about. Uh, there's some international squad chat. There's some um, premiership management and future chat and there's a lot of good games to play uh, to talk about that, that happened in the premiership and in the pro 14 um so yeah we, we we should dive right in go on then go for it uh, any any games in well, particular well, that, that you like well a couple of bits of news firstly okay then we'll, we'll br- briefly talk about a couple of these so so firstly there was um there's been some talk in the press over the weekend about the the secret meeting that's happened at premiership rugby who um, in early in December, second week in December, I think Ian Ritchie said, absolutely, there is no plans for any ring fencing. Of course, there's not. Um, no way. That was on December the 12th. And then, well, what's leaked this weekend is the secret minutes of a meeting held at a Sofitel 
hotel. A Sofitel hotel? Sof- what is that? It's like they're, they're at their airports, I think. Mostly. Oh, they are so, uh, like the soulless ones. Yeah. Oh, Sofitels are all right. Anyway. Oh, so, uh, I'm sponsored by them. But yeah, probably quite soulless, <laughs> I would imagine. Um, and yeah, the, the secretly leaked minutes of the Premiership Rugby meeting in which ring fencing is the very least of what they're talking about, allegedly. Well, I hope so. I mean, if... If these minutes are true, I mean, I'm going to put my position very, very clearly here. I, for one, would welcome our private equity overlords because it look it sounds great. It sounds genuinely great. More uh, more games overseas, fine. Ring fencing, fine. Uh, more 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 key players, fine. I mean, it, you know, professional sports is there for people to to consume. The more people that they can get to consume it, and the grander it is, and the more spectacular, frankly, the better. So the rumor and the conjecture is that if the RFU do not allow the ring fencing, which Premiership Rugby, on uh, again, according to these reports, these leaked minutes, appear to want, uh, then they will break away and do their own thing. And like you say, talking about uh, contracts, broadcasting contracts and, uh, and marketing and games played in uh, China or Singapore or... America, amazing. A lot more of that. I, I mean, I don't want them all played overseas, and I do. I, you know, I got to be careful because I guess you are really alienating the season ticket holder, the people that these clubs are really built around. On the other hand, as I am not a season ticket holder, I would <laughs> love to go to the United States and Singapore and China to watch games. That'd be awesome. It would be. I think that. That bit seems to be the least contested bit of this whole thing. The, the the contested bit and where the kind of the issue seems to lie is the ring fencing piece. Oh, do you think it's ring fencing or the fact that they want to break away from well, the international from international rugby? Well, they don't want to break away from international rugby. Well, the I, way the way it's written and the way that I'm reading it, all they've said is if they put a proposal on the table that is to ring fence, which they haven't done yet. Mm-hmm. And then the RFU were to reject that proposal, then they would have to look seriously at a an alternative competition, a breakaway competition, and access to referees, which is one thing they mentioned, and also independent funly, fun, sorry, independently funded sorry. insurance, because currently it's a joint policy between the RFU and Premier Rugby. Am, am I missing something? Is it the RFU who decide if team if the Premiership's ring fence? I thought it was a purely Premiership issue. Well. That. well because the, there is governance of the RFU, so the, the league is governed, is is run and owned by Premier Rugby, but it's governed by the RFU for particular things that I've just mentioned. So the referees and the insurance. And play, players want to play for England, and they do. Yeah, and the, you have your because the RFU have that vested interest. That's where things like um, academy player credits and England qualified player credits come from, because that is something that is. Arguably contrary to the quality of the league, but is beneficial to England. Yeah. I'd, so I'd, this this yeah. this whole thing yeah. I think has been certainly the Daily Mail have wanted to hype this up as a massive, an absolutely enormous story. It is an enormous story. But I think when you when you actually read it and you break it down, it's all conditional. Mm. So not they're not yeah. saying they're doing anything now. This does suggest though that they are having very serious talks, exactly as you kind of alluded to at the start, Tim, they're in very serious talks about the fact that they want to look at ring fencing. That is the most interesting thing, not the fact that 
if the RFU were going to stop yeah. them doing what the they wanted to do, but they would break away. The public statement versus the alleged private I mean, discussions. I mean, for me, the big story there is this isn't something which they just discuss over a few beers on a golf course. This is actually documented minutes. And that is a big story because, you know, they're making contingencies for it. They're, they're actually planning and they're discussing it officially. And, you know, to me, that's a move which we've not seen before. You're right. It's something that we've not seen before. But it's a contingency for a contingency. It's contingency for a future that they don't. Is they, it different? They do not know yet it, if they want to do it. Is it different it's between like, a no like deal and yeah, yeah. A, a, a no yeah. deal and a negotiated no deal? Wow. It's, well, it it's like having those conversations in say March 2016 uh, before anything actually happens. Wow. wow. So we, we are right at the. This is right at the front end, and it, it could. I mean, there is there is many pass fails down this route, but the first one is: do the clubs do? Uh, CVC do do Premier Rugby ultimately agree that they want to go down a ring fencing route? Well, That's the first thing. Yes, that is the first thing. And then, then RFU might support it. Yeah, they might do. And and do you know what? This potentially they don't, and they're at loggerheads. And we'll see how this one plays out. But this this goes back. I remember ages ago when we talked about this, when there was the potential of the RFU takeover and things like that. I just this is where I I just regret that the RFU and Premiership Rugby aren't one and the same entity or aren't. Aren't the set because it would just make life so much. Yeah, easier. but it's such like a huge, um, what do you call it? It, it, such a huge job to do both. I mean, one is big enough. So the all of you have got so much on their plate. You know, grassroots, international, you know, referees, all you know, all. All, um, all, all the rest of it, and then managing the premierships on high standard is also. Pre- yeah, you know. I understand that, but the, the issue is, unlike with the, the principle of like free market capitalism and competition, which would drive. Um, the product better and cheaper actually when you're competing for the same resources i.e the players it's going to mean money gets inefficiently used mm. and, and I, I there are going say, to be losers i would say this um there is a league which is owned by unions primarily Jeez, did i just on the podcast have i just used free market i think I th- capitalism I think it, and we and that geez well, maybe we need to change <laughs> yeah, subject yeah. in a second well i mean there is a league which is managed primarily by, by unions and that would be the pro 14 uh and until very recently, it's been a bit of a shambles. You know, things like... Ken you know, Owens playing number eight. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> you know. uh, but, I mean, just on the commercial side, like people not putting up the right hoardings and, you know, no compliance officers at the games to make and sure... And 74 that... different sponsors on a Scarlet's jersey. I like that, though. Yeah, I mean, they, that's they've, done it very, they've very tastefully done it. Yeah, if you have it all in the same colour, if you have the same colour palette for all the sponsors, you'll do fine. Yeah. So, so. We'll, we'll see anyway. And, again, it's only leaked so we don't know the veracity of that report anyway so i'm sure it'll play itself out me kind of cynically i wonder if they've leaked this themselves in in order to to kind of suggest to the rfu look this is how bad it could get if you don't support our plan you've been watching house of cards so uh, you, I've, not, I've never watched House of Cards. So do you think it's that the kind of thing I'd do, though. So do you think that there's real minutes and fake minutes? And on the real minutes, it says, now we pretend to discuss the following issues. <laughs> Boys, discuss these following issues. Those are the real minutes. Action, leak, <laughs> fake minutes. Right now, yeah. uh, right now, Bruce, now you've got to talk about uh, breaking away from the RFU. Go, write that down. Maybe. Next, and actually, the real point was mustard chinos. Getting yes. the exact correct shade. Yeah, yeah. Very, very important. Yeah. Very important. Uh, another a bit of story this week. I wasn't aware of this till Phil brought it up. It's shamefully of me that England had a squad meet up. It's so under. It's astonishingly underreported. This they had two squad meet ups this week. So there's no. Did they? Yeah. So there's no training sessions. Uh, they had a, a squad meet up in the south and a squad meet up in the north. 
for those geographically closer. Hang on, sorry, can I just clarify that? The whole squad met twice, or no, two different squad meetings? Two different squad meetings. So Mark for... Wilson and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, Denny. <laughs> and Denny Solomona got together at in, a service in, station. Yeah, in, yeah, in the Rendezvous Hotel yeah. in Wakefield. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone else... Everyone else met, uh, I don't know, Peniel Park or somewhere. Right, <laughs> <laughs> um, So there's two meetings for the North and South contingent. There's no training sessions. Okay. It was just some kind of information gathering and passing, some testing of the players, and then they could go on their way. So the RFU don't seem to have reported this. The, actually, the best article I could find was in the, uh, it was the, the Gloss, Gloucester Live website or something like that. There's only mm. only a couple of articles on it. Wow! But there was. So how did you find it? It, it just it popped up on my on our uh, joint Twitter feed. Oh, oh not your secret one. Not my secret one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Phil will let you know where you can slide into his DMs if yeah. he wants you to know. Ooh, <laughs> very very uh, private those DMs. Um, so yeah, the, there's been no full list of the players who were there. Uh, I think most of them are the usual suspects. The, from the ones I, I saw, so Sippers was included. Good. Ollie Thorley was included. Wow. Yeah, excellent. Uh, which is interesting. Was Alex Dombrant included? Not Wales, from, mate, not Wales. From, not from what I've read. Okay. Uh, Dombrant would be a good good one to pick up. Uh, and Lazowski wasn't included. What? That's I mean, like, interesting. I understand if they're training, but like, if they're just having a meeting, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it was forty odd players, so it was a wider. Oh, Eddie, Eddie Jones squad. isn't going to miss an opportunity to to give a either a kick up the backside or a, I'm I'm, I'm going to let you know who's boss with someone. Yes, yeah. someone told me a very interesting story about um, Eddie Jones telling uh, Gary Graham exactly who was boss uh, when they first met uh, when they first met up. Hence, Gary Graham went and then played for Scotland but I, <laughs> after I was, picking up all his England stash. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I think that's a story for another time. Um, yeah, why couldn't this be done over Skype? Or is it the nature of professional sports people that you've got to actually hold their attention, get them in a room? Well, I think there was, from what I read, there was some testing. So it might have been, I don't think it was training testing, it might have been body fat testing. But can't they get uh, that done in their clubs? I mean, maybe I would trust maybe. the medical stuff of most teams to get that right. Oh, you'd want to see uh, you'd want to see the whites of the eyes of these guys if you've not had any contact with them for since November. Yeah, maybe. December, it's a, a long. I mean, going to the Rendezvous Hotel in Wakefield to get your, your <laughs> skinfold test done. <laughs> well, Denny, it's pretty used to Wakefield, used to that part of the world. Denny might not he? have even been. Denny might, might not have been. Well, if he's might. not, it's outrageous, <laughs> outrageous. <laughs> the, also, uh, that's the, interesting. Lazowski, though, not be, if not if that is it, true, because there's been it's only kind of rumor and speculation on this thing. Mm. And there's no list, there's no nothing. Nope. Well, on the well, Sippers was there. Toby Flood has um, given an interview in which he said that he thinks Henry Slade should be England's third option at 10 for a World Cup, and he doesn't see a route back for Sippers. Do, does he not watch rugby? Or, I mean, what, what is the <laughs> well, deal with Toby Flood at the moment? Did, I thought, did well, you I see think the what uh, Newcastle Harlequins game? <laughs> yes, <laughs> well, I did, that's, actually. That's one of Newcastle's big problems, that they can't get... Him, him or Hodgson haven't been... Yeah, that is a big issue ...rarely available. Um, but on... On on the subject, like Ford, is playing out of his skin at the minute. He was Ford is so amazing. Good. Yeah. So he two really two well. things happened this weekend which I wanted to talk about. Fly half wise. Forget the forget the results, but things that I like to see. Um, number one was the last like two minutes of the sale game. Forget the actual game itself. 
it's all about uh, uh, Owen Farrell. The reason I loved it, right, is because for two minutes, Owen Farrell had to play as hard as he possibly could. And you get to see exactly how skillful that these guys are. You know, when they've got to try everything. There, there, is, there is no turning back. And I kind of think so many of these talented fly halves now are so eager to manage the game, you don't see their full range of skills. Owen Farrell tried two crossfield kicks and pulled off two crossfield kicks in, in the space of about 30 seconds. He broke about three tackles or, set, or half broke them, as giving off offloads. I thought, imagine if you could play like this for 80 minutes. And then lo and behold, George Ford plays like that for 80 yeah. minutes. Yeah. You know, the standard of fly half play this weekend has been pretty high. It has. George Ford. So... Marcus George Ford Smith is, looked good as well. Yeah, yeah Marcus Smith did look good. <laughs> yeah, very George, good. George Ford is playing phenomenally well in a, an up and down team. They were up this weekend. Um, I just Cipriani. So we've actually seen the last couple of weeks how important Cipriani has mm. been to that Gloucester team. So I, well, look at Wasps and Gloucester without him. I'm not. You I'm know. not always the biggest Cipriani fan. How can he not be? But to say that. Uh, to say that he's not certainly not third choice, to say that Slade, who has hardly played anything at fly half ever, it's, is yeah. is ahead of him is crazy. Well, Absolutely, to, to, Toby Flood's point isn't that Slade. It wasn't that Slade is better than Cipriani at ten. It was that with so few games left, he needs to get those combinations bedded in the ten twelve combination, and because the, the actually the ones that are going to be using the World Cup haven't really played together and. That's what he needs to focus on, and for that reason, he said. I actually don't. I disagree with you. There. I think his point really was uh, Henry Slade is very used to being the third choice ten for his club, and therefore the transition to third <laughs> choice ten for his nation should be no problem at all. He knows how to carry a clipboard. He knows that. He, he knows the rule. Perfect. I, I mentioned. Um, so we talk about like there's this secret. England meetings at the Rendezvous Hotel in Wakefield for some skinfold test <laughs> and a cup of tea and some of those packet, uh, yeah, packets of biscuits. Yeah. Um, of course, they would have had the fancy ones down in the south, wouldn't they? The, uh, the, the Viennese swirl ones and the yeah. and the or whatever they are. The, what, the uh, served on a doily, not 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 yeah, in those little exactly. horrible. Up north, it would things. have been those pack of three with the custard creams or bourbons. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's why. And that's why rugby tastes like cardboard. Yeah, and, and that, looks like custard cream or bourbon. Both taste exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's why rugby journalists don't like coming up north because of the standard of our biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, sticking with the England, well, the England elite squad meetup. Even yes. though there was no announcement, there has been two other formal announcements on England squads. So there was an under twenties full squad announcement. Yes, with a few interesting, well, some very familiar include. names on that list, which but, highlights how many young players have come through and established themselves in the Premiership this season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ted Hill is included, I believe. Hill, Joel, Joel Kapoku, the okay. uh, massive Fraser Dingwall, Dingwall, Tom Willis, Ollie Slighthome. Um, Marcus Smith. And Marcus what about Smith, uh, yeah, the... outside centre for Worcester? Uh, Ollie Lawrence. Ollie Lawrence. Yeah. And Caden Murley, who's been starting as a on the wing for Quince. Harlequins. Uh, yeah. Sam Maunder, the younger Maunder. Uh, Maunder 2, not Townsend 2. Not Townsend 2. Uh, and any sign of Redpath being called? Yeah, he's Red, in there. Redpath's in there and Kieran Wilkinson's in there. Brilliant. So it's, uh, uh, it's... Con- 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 Conor Doherty? Uh, don't... Th- oh, yes, Conor Doherty. In fact, uh, Nick Dolly's in there as well. Yeah. Now, 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 now you've got my mind switched yep. on. <laughs> so yeah, it, there's a lot of guys that have had some. Uh, so that's that's really encouraging. It is. Oh, Aaron Reed. Did, uh, Aaron Reed's in it? that. Yes. Um, and also a first ever squad of professional wim- England women's team. Twenty-eight professional 
contracts for the England women's team. Which, bearing in mind that they were focused on the sevens before, and then they were told, oh, yeah, you've gone from full-time, I'll now sign these part-time contracts. It's really hard to be an elite athlete when you're not sure it's, oh, yeah, what, it's what a... your paycheck's going to be in yeah. six months' time. So yeah. let's, let's hope this is a long-term strategic view in terms of funding, the RFU properly funding women's rugby and they get some consistency. To be fair to the RFU, I think it was just a, a bit more of a transition thing than anything else. So, you know, a couple of months ago, if you're interested, you, you well, if you are interested, you couldn't get any information on the 1215. You just couldn't. So I tried to look at the Waterloo scores every week and until about Thursday of next week on you know, a random, tw- uh, random Twitter account, you couldn't get the scores. Now you can actually get the scores, the coverage is getting better. I think it's part, part of a more you know, integrated, fo- focused approach by the RFU. So it kind of, it kind of makes sure, sense. This is what the BBC should be for. Exactly what the it BBC really should be for. It bugs me. Like a... No, do you know what the BBC should be for? To go to uh, Monaco and, and just talk to World Player of the Year and <laughs> that's it. I mean, that, that's what they should do. Yeah, uh, no, uh, uh, you're right. They should be doing defense. actual public service stuff. Which Send a team of five to Monaco. Yeah, that's what I do. To do one interview. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, but yeah. No, no comment. No comment. But no, no, you're absolutely right. They should be covering women's rugby. They yep. should be going to, you know, if they want to be a public service broadcaster, go and go and do these things. Absolutely. Because it's important. And, you know, it, it would be nice if people who watched women's rugby would get together and do their own it, podcast. It is important, but it is well, not, but it is important. It is also not commercially viable at present, but a public service broadcaster could really help that. So, BBC, pull your finger out and. Give, Don't cover women's rugby like it deserves. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Put it on your website or on a red button. Just do it. Yeah, yeah. Because you can. Gary Lineker might have to, might have to like drive himself to work rather than get. <laughs> exactly right, Tim. Exactly right. <laughs> Look at that metamorphosis into JB is nearly complete. He's nearly there, isn't he? <laughs> I got I got in trouble with some vegans on Twitter. So oh really? Get there. Yeah, because uh, our local butcher, uh, Frosty. Frosty, yeah. our local butcher Frosty got got a uh, got a strike on Twitter. And I saw that deleted because he made a joke. He he he, he was he was going to the farmers to pick up the lamb to go and butcher to sell in his shop. Really good butchers as well. Very in Charlton, good in Manchester, Charlton. extremely good. Um, and uh, and he just took a picture saying, "Oh, to celebrate Veganuary, I've got some lovely vegans here." Some lambs, some lovely <laughs> vegan lambs, <laughs> fresh out of the field. Because lambs are vegan. Yeah, they are lambs. They are vegan. He said, I love vegans. I've got, here's some hanging. Um, like all the vegans have hung them or something like that. <laughs> anyway, so I, I defended him and got in trouble with loads of vegans who thought who were like, <sighs> offensive. So yeah, I am becoming you. Yep, slowly. Um, what were we talking about rugby-wise? There was some rugby we were talking about. Women's rugby. Uh, the England squad. Oh, yeah. 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 So, so yeah. I think we concluded that satisfactorily. Yep. Um, let's talk about some games, boys. Do you want to do the actual games? games? Do you want to do them like you know chronologically or no? Reverse (laughs) reverse chronologically. Reverse chronologically. Yeah, Yeah. if we've got time, I guess we can discuss the Saracens game. Well, the Saracens play. (laughs) What was your? Well, do you know what the 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 most bizarre match, but also probably the most significant one, was Worcester against Bath. What a game! What a game! Now I have. I've seen the red card. I've seen the last three minutes mm-hmm. of action. I've not seen anything other than that. The red card is definitely red card. That's the first thing. Uh, you just can't yes. touch people's heads and drive them into the ground. No matter how little damage it caused, you can't do it. Yes. Um, I, I have no problem at all with that yeah, red card. Okay, so that. gone. It's really stupid. <laughs> and then, yeah, completely, and 
Batty will massively regret that because he's, yeah. he's a good, he's a good hard player. Yeah. Um, so, and also, I tell you the thing I've noticed this week. I've noticed uh, some more things this week. Uh, one, the effectiveness of the jackals at the moment is ridiculously, r- ridiculously good. Like moving them with that first clear out is near enough impossible, or at least it has been this week. And if you can't move them in that first clear out, you got no chance. You got no chance. And I think you know, Batty was basically just trying to remove that guy jackled on on the ball. At the moment, you've got very little option. That that does highlight a point I've, I've mentioned repeatedly, which is if someone's jackling properly, as in they are not holding onto the player, therefore they are supporting their own body weight with their feet, well, legs, rather than their hands and legs. That So if they're in a legal position, it is, it is impossible to move them, or almost impossible. If they're in a legal position, you should be able to move them. And it does, it highlights to me something that, I don't quite know how you uh, crack down on it a bit better, but I think it needs a look at. Yeah, I actually think everyone makes a big song. I mean, the the ruck is a new trendy thing to really have a song and dance about. Oh, it's disgusting. It's a mess. It's not really that much of a mess. I think it's an optical thing rather than anything else. Because what Ross Batty did, you know, I guess touching a neck or head is dangerous-ish, but you know, the outcome of that was nowhere near as dangerous as like a, you know a high tackle or the things which really call, call, uh, cause an issue. Uh, the ruck will change in the future because I just think there's you know once we've sorted one thing we'll move on to the next thing yeah, yeah. we'll move on to there the next thing there will always be the be... highest cause of injury highest, yeah. the most dangerous but I don't think the ruck is the highest cause of injury the, no and, and ne- the neck roll Ross Batty it was re- really stupid uh, and, and, and understandably a red the one thing I regret that might be leaving the game gradually is someone just absolutely ploughing into a ruck and just oh, that's got, I went ages taking ago and, did, care, did it and take, well it did a little bit take, someone just Going in, taking care of business. Is that called leading with your shoulder, though? <laughs> exactly. It depends how you... Because you can still... You can't dive off your feet. You can't come off you, your feet. If you're going to hit it hard, you can't come you off can't your feet. You can't come off your feet. And you've got to make a concerted effort to bind at the same time. You can't just Yeah, and you can't in. hit them with anything. And you can't hit around You can't hit them with anything, really. You've got to wrap your arms and not hit them. So I don't know how che- you... Chest. Chest. But no, because you, you can go shoulder as long as you time it right. Yeah. You stay on yeah. your feet and you and wrap I guess your arms. But then, like, like Phil said, if you're in a legal position, uh, you you wouldn't be able to be quite as low as you are. Yeah. Therefore, it would be a little bit more... But then, and I mean, you wouldn't have the weight of an 18-stone man who you're holding onto, yeah. anchoring you down. I reckon that could be something which would change. Would you, as an attacking rucker, rather than someone attacking the ruck, slight difference, um, you shouldn't be able to hold on to a man. As an because, no, no, because then it's not really the attack we've got a problem with it. It's, it's the defence then, isn't it? Because so the, the defence slowing down. Yeah, yeah. I, that's I, the I, bit you shouldn't be able to hold on to a man. What if we made side entry legal, like for, at a forty-five degree angle? Because when you're coming straight on at someone, if I'm coming straight on at yeah. Tim, you're, you're head to head. Yeah, I'm head to head, and he's in a real head. strong position. But if I can get like levers on and I can move him out the way, as long so as I'm moving him backwards, as long as I remember in a very good coaching session uh, at Sedgley when I was relatively young, um, and it was. So don't try. You come through the gate, yeah. but don't try and come straight you on. Hit at an yeah, angle. you hit. You take a small step, maybe not forty-five degrees, but kind of, I don't know. Yeah, 20, it's about 25, that. 30, 30, 35, That kind of. So you are hitting, and your force instead of driving through both of the player's legs, you're driving him onto one leg. Yeah, so you, he's the the defender is Were in a you, weak position. Was I running this session, or was it someone? Else, <laughs> another, I think I, think I t- taught you a knowledgeable coach, and then you. Uh... I do think it's good for England. Thinking about going into Europe again, one of the noticeable differences between the Premiership and Europe has been that the ruck is competed at far more in Europe, 
and the English teams that haven't got a clue how to deal with it. No. But they're, they're, because, like you say, the quality of the Jackler is getting so good in the Premiership, or getting better, yeah. getting more towards Pro 14 and French standards, and I don't think it's been anywhere near there before now. It's starting to get there in some cases that I think actually it's going to equip English teams much better when it goes to back into Europe again. Yeah. England have had very few for yeah. the last 10 years or more since Neil Back retired and, and Tom Reese retired. They've had very few of those kind of athletic fetcher Jackler. Well, you've got sevens. two Currys now. You've got Willis, who's excellent. Underhill. I mean, yeah, Underhill's pretty good. Underhill is very, pretty very, good. very, very Francois good. Francois Yako Creel. But you've also got other guys, someone like... Um, well, Wilson's pretty good at it. Wilson's very good. Someone like Itoji, yeah. who is... Dan Cole, occasionally. He's, yeah, he, he gives as many penalties, if not more. Yeah. But yeah, someone like Itoji, who's definitely not your typical fetch of build. Lewis. The man who got... Yeah. Who got... Uh, Ross Batty. Anyway, so Worcester v Bath, <laughs> that red card so was two minutes, just yeah. the start. Oh, sorry, go on, JB. Yeah, I was going to say, the other thing I was going to mention about this week's games, I'll mention later, because, uh, yeah, let's talk about some games. Let's talk about the last two minutes. Yeah, the last two minutes, because that red card was only the beginning. Bath went down to 11 It was amazing. So Before Worcester finally... Created scored. an overlap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bryce Heem trots in. Um, so, I was talking to... It was a Stuart Barnes article. Would you believe it? So Stuart Barnes writes an article about how the scrum is, uh, you know, nonsense, 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 nonsense. Oh, no, I thought you had a good point. So Right, okay. So, yeah, you. Th- this is interesting. So you think he's got a good point. I think he's got a bad point. And my point would be uh, it is the scrum, which is, you know, the visual, visual badge that, you know, rug- uh, rug- rugby's brand is all based on. So rugby will catch your eye if you're a non-rugby watcher. By watching a scrum, because you go, what, what, what are they doing? You know, it, this, it, it, that that looks like absolute madness. And then you'll watch that, and then you'll watch the rest of the game. Totally. And also, you know, the contest at the scrum uh, is one of the great things in rugby, particularly totally when it goes agree. your way. I don't think Stuart Barnes was, was would disagree with you at all so far. Well, that's kind of what his uh, that's kind of what his his article insinuated. No, no, his article was that it is turning off new fans where the scrum has got to because let's just say you have one of those great contests of two packs of eight hulking men going down head to head reset or I'll just get to my knees now I'll stand up hold on a second ref let me just pick the grass off the bottom yeah, but, of my boot uh, but that's exactly what happened hold on a minute I've just got to pick the grass off my other boot okay shall we start resetting now yeah alright sorry just have a chat with the ref but that's um, exactly what happened right in Wales versus France which after reading that article I went and watched the last 20 minutes of Wales, Wales versus yeah, France. you were a rugby fan. Of course you would have loved it. Uh, who, who, isn't this is of that? Point. So, who isn't a fan of that? Anyone would have loved that. Anyone. The, the okay. Prob- the, so the problem... Bath Sale, right, when Bath finally took uh, Sale over the line after the, the Henry Thomas yellow card. And this game was the same. So obviously Bath don't have a hooker. They bring on a new one. Um, Lahif goes off for poor scrimmaging. Noriega goes off for poor scrimmaging. And it's like heart in mouth time. And they yeah. win in the yeah. 89th minute. So... All of those examples, absolutely agree with what you're both saying. The, the problem I have and the, the bit that I agree with Stuart Barnes is it takes... So we watch a hell of a lot of rugby. Mm. We, we watch hundreds, if not... Well, in the last few years, we watch thousands of games of rugby. And I can only think of maybe half a dozen where there is that magnitude of scrummaging. I can think of virtually every game that I watch, there are minutes at a time lost with exactly what you described before, Tim. The boring, turgid... Reset scrum. Everyone have a breather. But on on, 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 the, on the ten meter line, not on the fight, not on your own try line. Yeah, I mean, I guess That's it's like saying. Right? I guess it's like saying. Let's add 
let's add sugar to all wine, right? Because people like sweet things. And actually, the whole point about wine is it's sophisticated and you need to learn about it and then you know you can appreciate it and so on and so forth. And it's the same with rugby. What this is saying is, uh, if you like wine, you have to fly to Burgundy and go and have it there. Or, actually, we're going to make decent wine actually available at Aldi. Yeah, the, 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 mm. the, I don't the know analogy, if that analogy really works. I'm not sure it does, but let's the, present it does for the, the quality of the broadcast. The, the <laughs> analogy, Cheers, JB. the best analogy for me would be, that's fine, but you need to drink a thousand bottles of shit wine. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. To, to have yes, one, to have one glimmer yes, yes, of a yes, decent yes. glass of wine. I agree. It's like I agree. Rugby, should we get like rug, like one of those uh, Cafe Nero coffee stamp things? We get yeah. one of those for rugby. Every yeah. time you watch a, sh- a game with a load of crap, that was rubbish. One so stamp that one a hundred, Yeah, a hundred of them. You need to watch a hundred. A hundred of them, and then you get awful, then you get your game with immense. Reset scrums that really dictate the point, result of a That's game. That's the point. It's, it's big game fishing. You, you know, <laughs> loads of rubbish. You don't get a, a nibble all day, and all of a sudden you've got this huge tuna, and that's what these games are. Well, I guess Stuart Barnes's <laughs> point was, and this links back to the CVC um, Premiership Rugby thing: is how what do you, how big do you want the game to be? Okay, so Bath and Bath versus Worcester. Yeah. So it's spoken about breakdown. We spoke about Stuart Barnes's article. Um, so Noriega g- uh, g- goes off. That's ace. Um, followed, no, Lahif, then Noriega. Uh, and then I thought they had a brew thing. I mean, I couldn't, I don't know about you, could you see another angle from that? It didn't strike me as Alain Brew was massively offside. Uh, I've not seen another angle. I haven't I've seen another seen angle, I just, saw the, I just saw it as it went out. The you certainly no other Bath player thinks that he's offside, or even close. Mm. Well, yeah, so, uh, and, and also there's some speculation that Bath should have been allowed a player back on whose who's 10 minutes had elapsed within the 14 minutes of injury time, <laughs> but wasn't allowed back on. Hence, Bath went down to 11. But, I mean, fair play Worcester. And do you know what? Dovetailing this with Newcastle, who got a, a, thump, oh. a thumping at home to Quinns. Five tries down after 45 minutes. Five yeah. tries to nil down Worcester after 45 was, Worcester have been struggling in previous years when they haven't had a 10. They've got one now. They've got one now. And Newcastle cannot get a, one of their frontline 10s on the field. And it is hurting. Yeah. I mean, I'm, that's not Newcastle's only issue but that's a big one. Well, it's got to be the main issue, hasn't it? Because most teams have got a bloody good 10 now. If you go down the league, I mean, who's got the worst 10 in the in the competition? Not that I like talking those terms, who's the worst 10. But, you know, everyone has got a pretty good frontline 10. Well, Wasps were down the table when Lima Sopawanga was struggling to, yeah. to integrate to with in. that team, yeah. Uh, so for Newcastle to have both 10s out is enormous. Northampton, their form has turned around overall and they've got themselves a a big name yeah, well, I tell you what, Dan, well, we'll talk about Northampton shortly. Um, yeah, but Dan Bigger is turning into their version of George Ford, except a more controlled, knocky one. Um, he, he has to do everything at times. He does, doesn't uh, he? In, he's so good. In that, I, I, in that game today, he was clearing rooks and then first receiver from that following rook. Yeah. He was it's like, it's like uh, unbelievable. It's like um, Miles Benjamin. He's come out of retirement. <laughs> yeah. And he's playing 10. Oh, no one else is doing it. I'm going to have to clear this rook. Right. Now I'm going to have to get back in first receiver. Distribute it myself. I mean, the worrying thing about this is for the first time this year, I have thought Newcastle are going to go down. I know. This, this is this result, I feel like it was because they've had games where they've played well, but it's gone against them at the end. And then this was just from start to finish, from the Crumpton try. Uh, right the way through. I mean, they made it look a bit more respectable, but this was just a beat down. Yeah. 
and we're starting to get that. So I think Bristol and Worcester and Newcastle are all going to win games. I just don't see Newcastle winning enough games to match the games that Worcester and Bristol will inevitably win. Well, we've got this European fortnight now, and then I think it might be one game. It's like the first weekend in March, like the 3rd of March or something like that is... Worcester versus Newcastle. Yeah, it is. Second. Yeah. It, oh, hang on. Is it? Is it not? Oh, forget it. Um, another thing about the European weekend, right? Worcester and Bristol can do what they want. I mean, they could win. They could rest people. So can, so can Newcastle. Well, can they? Because they've got a win under their belt against Toulon. They've got a win under their belt against Mont- uh, Montpellier. The if boss- they make... Because they're not going to win the European Champions Cup. If they make quarterfinals... It's entirely irrelevant if they get relegated. It, it is, but you know, it's there for the taking. Well, I mean, that's I, a huge th- thing for that club, I and they can take too long. No two ways about that. They've got a lot of injuries at the minute. That's going to be a concern. What I think, what I might do if I were Newcastle is, and on that, did Will Welch go off injured after, on his comeback because he went off after twenty nine minutes? I think. Good question. Ooh. Don't know. Anyway, so that would be a worry if he did. But anyway, so Newcastle could go for it this weekend, knowing that if they lose. Well, we can just yeah, we can just rest everyone. Rest up the following okay, so weekend. here's a question to you, Sue. If you were Newcastle now, would you rest everyone and focus on the Premiership, or would you try and build a bit of, bit, bit of momentum? I'd probably do exactly as you described, Tim. F- the first game, try and win- go all out to win that. Because that is Montpellier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because if you win well, Montpellier, you can beat no, Toulon uh, and you're through. Yes, then it's Toulon at home, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so they can definitely beat Toulon. Toulon are rubbish. Montpellier. <laughs> uh, do you see the Toulouse score from last weekend? Yeah, yeah 39 0. I mean, I don't know what they did this weekend, but uh, last week was absolutely brutal. Uh, yeah, so if they beat Montpellier, yeah, they can build some momentum or they just rest everyone because they need fit, fit bodies. Montpellier in Montpellier. Yeah. Ooh. Maybe you're better to rest up for the because f- your best chance is to your win, home team and build win a, against generate Toulon. a bit of momentum and confidence beating Toulon at home. Hmm. Even then, even after the Toulon game, you then have. A rest until the next Premier Premiership game because yeah. I think you've got a couple of weeks of Premiership Premiership Cup. Cup. Yeah, you've got three weeks of Premiership, uh, two weeks of Premiership Cup at yeah. least because you have certainly the week before because it's two two weekends of Europe, then effectively a rest weekend because that's the weekend yeah. before Six Nations start. Oh, hmm. yeah, oh, and, that, and that's going to be one interesting one because I think there are four, I think there are four Premiership games during the Six Nations or three Ooh. certainly. I think Ooh. I may have that completely wrong. Sorry. Yeah, and uh, Toulon lost this weekend to uh, Racing ninety two, and I don't know how. In fact, I, I I'm talking. So, uh, so I don't really know. But there's the fifteenth of February, which will be a Six Nations game. There's the twenty second, twenty third of February, which is probably a Six Nations rest week. It normally is. Then there's the first of March, Six Nations week. Six Nations, the eighth of March, Six Nations. And oh, twenty second. So yeah, it is four, two and four. There's four Premiership games. So that that month for Newcastle, they're not going to be as affected as some other teams. Yeah. Same goes for Worcester. Same goes for Sale. Same same goes for Bristol. Bristol don't lose anyone. I wouldn't have thought. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be that's an interesting month of rugby. That isn't it? Just yeah. Um. So yeah, this. This is the first time that I've thought that Newcastle are going to go down. And now we've just gone through all the machinations, I think even more likely they're going to go down. Hmm. Uh, <clears throat> now, before we move on uh, to any well, other no, game... Well, before we go on to any other game, I, I think we should actually... I don't know if this is what you're about to do, but... Go on. That was the best away performance by Quinns 
in a long time. Oh yeah, that's a that's a good point. It was. We've not so apologies to Twins fans because we only brushed over their game last week, um, and sadly we didn't get to see this one either because it wasn't on TV. Uh, so, I've, watched the, I've watched the extended highlights. So if you can tell me anything, I mean, the only thing I know about Quinns this week, which I think is quite interesting, is whole Paul Gustard analysing what is going wrong with their away form from hotels to you know the, the you know their their shoe size. Apparently, he's looked at absolutely everything. So bits to note: Mike Brown breaking the record, played uh, v- amazing. So three hundred and eight. Premiership. Oh no! no Quinn's Quinn's three hundred eight Quinn's performance. Whilst also that's within a career where he's also England's all-time most appearances at fullback. Yes, that's staggering. Most capped fullback, and he was played, a much easier way of saying that. He played very, very well. Yeah, and well, I, I really hope was he. I really hope he was in that meeting. Um, I hope so. Yeah, at the. The Penny Hill Park, not not, not the Rendezvous not Hotel. The rendezvous no. Hotel. That would have been a real slap around <laughs> yeah. the face. Yeah, Mike Brown, go to the Rendezvous Hotel. <laughs> yeah. Why just go? Uh, so yeah, it's that, that's a staggering amount of games. It is. So that Quinns would have been buoyed by that. Um, so Quinns, their lineout functioned well from what I saw. Their set piece worked well. Now they scored a couple of easy tries, like the Crumpton try, where it was exactly the same move as last weekend with. To Dombrant at the front of the line-out, Dombrant mm-hmm. chunders through a couple of people to the hooker. Hooker goes in. Um, exactly the same moves. Like Newcastle hadn't watched that uh, game tape from last week. Um, they also got a little bit lucky early on and got the interception, the Nathan Earl try. But then what wasn't lucky was the uh, Ibatoya try. Mm-hmm. was just... It was a turnover in their own 22 and they go through about three more phases and go the full 85 metres. So so, Quinn's played very, very well. Special mentions, Don Brandt, who, there was an interest, did you notice the change? Don Brandt was listed to play at number eight mm. and they changed it half an hour before kickoff. Really? Did they? There was an announcement half an hour before kickoff that came through Premier Rugby. Why do you need to announce that? I have no I idea. And just keep the numbers on your back and play different positions. No, absolutely no Weird. idea, but it was a, it was a formal... Clifford was eight then. So Clifford played eight, and Don Brandt did score his try from number eight because he went to play there later in the game. But it, it, that was Why a bit weird. Why does that weird. matter? Does anyone know the answer to that? Why does that actually matter? So I don't, if if they'd have just packed down one at the other, because you could wear fourteen, you could wear nine and pack down at number eight. Well, There's I mean, nothing what, formal. Yeah, I mean exactly. So what if you decided to play flankers that played left and right rather than when, when blind, jo- blind and when Johnny well, May was packing down at six? Yeah, he, 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 no one said Johnny Change your shirt. Yeah, come here, come here, Johnny. What a weird thing to announce. And Exeter have quite often have Don Armand, even when he plays number eight, packing down on the blind side, or they, they yeah. Yeah. defensively and attacking-wise, they shift it around. Anyway, yeah. yeah. anyway, so Alex Don Brandt was very good. Like Don Brandt, Ibatoya was Ibatoya very good. Was very good. So, I've watched this, Ibit- this Ibatoya guy live in, in the flesh against um, Exeter. I've got to say, I didn't think he's particularly good. So he's still a very young man. He's got... Lightweight, that's for sure. Hey? I, I thought he was very lightweight. Well, he's quite... Stocky, quite small, short, but quite stocky, quite uh, explosive. This, from what I've seen, and I've not seen him a huge amount, this was the best game I've seen him play. He looked like he's promised that he could potentially look in this one game. It's mad. Paul Gustard, on his own, has ruined many a fantasy rugby draft season by picking wingers. People people drafting Tim Visser or Charlie Walker. <laughs> Charlie Walker, allegedly. haven't played. So Charlie Walker was on his way to Leicester, apparently, until he signed Leonardo Sato and... Uh, and Tom Vondel. Tom Vondel, yeah. So he's really out of favour. 
Yeah. Yeah, but Gustard is, I mean, He's, what, Quinn's are thir- third? No, third fourth. or fourth. Fourth hill. No, third. They are third. Are they? Gloucester uh, are fourth. Gloucester fourth. Right. Yeah. Sale fifth. Wasp sixth. I had Quinn's as favourite, well, not favourites, but, you know, in the yeah. candidates to go down. Yeah. Gustard is doing a very good job. Isn't and, with, just... and again, with the, he's not afraid to to make calls on things, and he's doing it like you say. He's measuring all these things, and he, he, it's not that he went. James Chisholm isn't playing well. He went. We've done some, we've done some calculations. James Chisholm is, is going to be rested this week. Yeah, so, I, well, yeah, I still expect Quinns to make some changes in in the off season, but fundamentally. What that team needed was a culture change. I think, I think be, they just got comfortable. I think there's going to be a big clear out of players. I think that. I mean, I, I, I really don't. Right, I again, didn't... we mentioned them. What's Visser, Walker, Ross Chisholm. They've, they've got expensive England guys who will be on mega money. Robshaw, Kerr, Brown. Those kind of guys who are coming to the end of their careers. They're not... Quinn's... So after the World Cup, Quinn's should not be offering them... Agreed. The, what they're currently on because they will be going down. They should... Do the World Cup and then go to France. I or would, go just get a payday somewhere else. I think I would keep Marler. Marler Marler's still relatively he's, young. For he's a actually prop. yeah, and, and not having the England, not having the international. Yeah, in fact, I'd definitely keep. I I'd keep Marler. I wouldn't keep both props, but I'll, mm. <laughs> Marler and Singer. If you can get, if you can get Tight them working together, I. If you can get them performing, if you change the culture, those two are so. They're lions props. They, they, they don't. They do not they come round. <laughs> they don't, do they? Very often, and they're both of a good age. Maybe, maybe I'd keep those two, but I'd fly over to um, like Salt Lake, C- Salt Lake City, and try and find myself a Mormon hooker, <laughs> just to kind of balance out that front row a bit. A really wholesome young man. <laughs> just before I tell you what, we'll have a little break and in in one of Phil's quizzes in a second. Okay. And then we'll come back and talk about JB's beloved Benetton and his yes! and his number one side sale. Um, amongst the other games, um, amongst Bristol, almost upsetting Exeter. Yeah, but but very briefly, the the Ken Owens to number eight. What the hell is going on at Scarlets? <laughs> I literally have no idea. I, I have no. Idea. I wanted to watch this. I mean, but, they won the uh, game. He, he, yeah. well, he did all right against Dragons. Yeah. But is this going to be like? I was trying to think. That there's been times when it's been in vogue to just have people changing positions and. A lot of back rowers going to hooker was a thing that people did a while yeah, ago. Yeah, and it still should be a thing, by the way. Mind you, hookers are massive now. You can't really do it. That, that was a thing. A lot of people have Ashley had Johnson. project um, back rows. I think Bristol have got one at the moment. Nick Haining is a, was a number eight that they're... they're CJ Stander. ...crafting into a, into a hooker. Who, uh, yeah, who tr- they tried and then he went back. Uh, who's the other one that I can think of? Um, we, uh, Dave Ward. There's loads of them. Cam Neald. Nick Dolly, yeah, both both play predominantly uh, back, back row, but can play. Actually, it doesn't matter. Carry on. And then, uh, but yeah, and then of course when Jonah Lomu was around, we've talked about this many times. The chucking a chucking a number eight on the wing. Yeah, yeah, that was that that, that was, was a big in one. vogue in the nineties. Um, I'm not sure we're going to see this transition too many more times. Okay, to be honest, two number eight. Are you be surprised? You know, I reckon things do come around. What, what, how I, dangerous would see... Malcolm Marks be as a number eight? So he would—he is one of the few. He Dane would be handy. Would be okay, seven. well, what about this then? Okay, what about not so much the old school kind of let's just put people in different positions, but things like I—we are going to see, I reckon, more flank, more centres on the flank, just for the star to play. I think that's going to be a big thing. Or wingers getting get, getting used to flanking, so you can have a big ball carrier out 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 in the midfield. Interesting. It's kind of telegraphed, and yeah, but I mean, but, loads of teams do it anyway from lineouts yeah. now. 
Yeah. And even though they telegraph it, I mean, the whole point of Jamie Roberts is that you telegraph him and then you give it to someone else. The whole point of Jamie Roberts is he doesn't get the ball. And when he does, it's devastating. So it does work. But on Ken Owens, I don't think there's too many 32-year-old hookers who've played their entire career, professional career at hooker. Is he 32? No, he's not that old. He is. Th- I've just looked is it really? up. really? I never knew that. I thought he was like 25 or something. He's got very good skin. <laughs> 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 I'm not sure too many people have said that about Ken no, Owens. Well, no, he has. He's actually he looks very youthful and mm. and, vi- and vital when, turn, when you're up close. Turned 32 last week. Oh, happy birthday, Owens! There you go. Mm. Uh, just on the on on Pro 14. Remember, 25th of January, date for the diary. Egg Chasers Derby, Ulster versus Benetton. Yes, it is. Where, where's Ooh. it being held at Ulster? So um, Ulster got Ooh. a beat down, didn't they? But then their team. Oh, they rested so, a few players. So, 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 so. Uh, I was—I don't know if you know this, but I was at Sale on Friday, and, and uh, uh, Mike Haley and Will Addison. Will Addison and Mike Haley were there. So I said hello to him. I was like, "Why are you allowed? Why are you here?" Basically, and what what the policy is is that if you're involved with the Ireland squad, which obviously both those boys are, um, you have to have a whole week off for one of the what they call the inter-pro games. That's why. We, so everyone talks about the IRFU welfare policy, and I, I've got to admit, if I really wanted to find out, I could have just Googled it. But, um, yeah, that's why we see some of these really important games, or some of the games which we would hope they would put out full teams like Leinster, Munster, um, not with full teams, because in the Interpro games, they don't have to play their players. So because they've got to have one off, I guess you've got to make the strategic decision, which ones can you win, which ones can't you win, and pick accordingly. It means we got, we got, or, there was no Will Addison for Ulster, but there was Mac... Lowry, Lowry. <laughs> he's back in the side. No, they did much good. No, I've not brought myself to watch any of the. No, they got I, pumped. Yeah, absolute beatdown. Uh, were we talking about who? Which, which which Premiership game was that related to? Uh, quiz. Ah, yes, quiz. quiz. Oh, let's, before go on, we, let's go on for a quiz. Before we go go for a quiz, I've got a quick trivia question for you, Philip Logan. Okay, Sedgley Park. Yes. Do you know what team it used to be? And you know which team they used to be? Is, is, is it called Sedgley Tigers? Sedgley Tigers. Yeah. Uh, well, Both. interchangeable. Yeah. Sedgley, yeah. Sedgley Park Tigers. Like that. Yeah. Um, do you know which team? What team? Apparently, they used to be called, or what club they were part of. It was in the sixties, and which two clubs then were spawned out of that? One being Sedgley. So who's the other? So club? I don't because Field. N- no, because no? so well, Sedgley Park's in Presswich, yeah. not Whitefield. Uh, it's famously like a Jewish. Part of yeah of uh, North Manchester or Southbury, um, I'm guessing because Broughton, so Sedgley and Broughton Ooh. are adjacent to one other, one another, and the Broughton Rugby Club, not Broughton Park Rugby Club, Broughton Rugby Club is just round the corner from Sedgley Park. Is it? Yeah, I did not know. It's, that. Not, it's not far at all. What's the answer to your question? The answer is it used to it used to be Whitefield that that, right. the, that these players. So correct, Tim. Wow! Right. I did. I had no idea. I, yeah, I, and uh, the other club, which came, so when they went when their separate ways, North Manchester. Oh yes. So yeah, North Manchester. So I mean, you know, it's almost like the film Twin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like if you look at what Sedgley Park Park has been compared, since, compared yeah, to North, North Manchester. Manchester. Uh, so Paul and there is certainly no Whitefield Rugby Club. No, but, but apparently they didn't. So Sedgley Park. Do you know this? They never played in Sedgley Park. Yeah, yeah. I They've did never know played that. there. I did know that. Was your is your quiz as as niche <laughs> as that? It's I like l- it. I like I like that little tidbit. Yeah. It's a little bit more mainstream. Oh, if you got any, if you got any local rugby club uh, tidbits 
like that. What, Send them over. What are the I'm making club? a quiz out of them. What's the name of how is Blackheath Rugby Club otherwise known? Club. Is it the club? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, they, they they got beaten by Dan Mugford. Yes, he did. A last minute try put him down, so that means Roslyn Parker uh, now ahead of Blackheath in a in a London based showdown that could go down to the wire in League One. So Roslyn Park or um, Jonathan Mills' team, I do believe. Good. There right. you go. There you go. Little niche, n- niche lower league rugby, but <laughs> yeah. over to Phil now. <laughs> Quiz, definitely not quite as niche. Is the first question. Is Gloucestershire this year? Because <laughs> I'll, I'll say no. 2020 is Gloucestershire, I think, I'm afraid. Gloucester fans. Um, first question. What is the only international team that Joe Schmidt's Island has a less than 50% win ratio against? So Joe Schmidt's Just... Island has 50% or higher win ratio against every single international team wow. apart from one. Same as... Same as um... Oh, hang on. Fine. Yeah, okay. Yeah, do you want to write it down? Uh, yep. Hmm. Okay. Question right. Question number two. Who did Leinster beat in the 2012 Heineken Cup final? Ooh. Hmm. Okay. Question three. And two points available. Can you tell me the premiership teams who have the most... And the fewest, so one point for each, followers on Twitter. Uh, Did you say 2012 before that? Uh, 2012 okay, cool. Heineken uh, Cup final. Yeah. Hmm. So who, which premier te- Premiership team got the most followers? Who has the fewest? Okay. Question four. George Smith? Yep. Has played for two clubs in France. Who are they? Mm-hmm. One point for each. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, next. Question five. Uh, as European rugby's back next weekend... It is. Who is the all-time top European Champions Cup tri-scorer? So that's the, the top level uh, of European competition. Oh. Top tri-scorer. Don't know. Next. (laughs) And question six. Again, two points available. So we spoke a couple of weeks ago about um, the two England players from the 2007 Rugby World Cup final. Okay. Who are still playing. Matthew Tate and Toby Flood. Yep. There's seven South African players still playing. Bloody hell. Still playing where? What? Well. (laughs) Sorry, Google slowing you down, Tim. <laughs> no, I'm trying to think. George Smith. I've got one. I've got one, but I can't think of the other. Okay. The 2007 World Cup final. Okay. Understood. There are seven South Africans who are still playing professionally. Two of them. Okay. Are playing in the Premiership. Who are they? Okay. Uh, easy. Okay. Got that. <laughs> no, say, say, say it one more time because I have. I think I've got the second team. For I'm sorry. I'm, Do you want me to turn my Wi-Fi on? It's quicker that way. <laughs> I'm on a George Smith. I'm, you you wait till you get. The, I think the George Smith was okay. So wait. two I'll South wait. African 2007 players still playing in the Premiership. Yes, correct. Okay. Mm. Oh, so it's in the in the World Cup winning squad. Okay. Next. So, sorry, the World Cup final, the 23 or 22 as it was on the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay. I think I might have a full house here. Okay. Question number one. Who the only team who've got 
a positive win ratio against Joe Schmidt's Island. I didn't have a clue, but I... So, go on, Tim. I just... The only thing that jumped into my mind was that... That, uh... That win at Murrayfield a little while ago, so I just went for Scotland, I don't know. So, I think I know, because I was having a little uh, Wikipedia dive into South African rugby, and they've only got a losing record against, uh... New Zealand. South Africa. Which would mean they have a winning record against Ireland. So I'm going to say South Africa. But surely that would be all-time South African record rather than Joe Schmidt as in the last five years. It is, but I have no better option. Okay. Uh, both... Wait, did you say anyone, Tim? I said Scotland. Scotland. Just uh, like the only one I could remember... The only game I could remember was that one in Murrayfield the other year with the bus and the lateness and... So you're yeah. both incorrect. Oh, ridiculous. So New Zealand and England, who would be maybe the top favourites for it. They're both on 50%, so they have a... Wales. An equal... Wales. Really? Damn. Gatland. Gatland's Wales uh, are up against Joe Schmidt's Island. When he coaches England, that is a Grand Slam World Cup. Uh, sorry, four Grand Slams on a World Cup, is what I meant to say. <laughs> that, that's how good it, it'll be. So twen- uh, the 2012 winners, or 2012 losers... Yes. Who have you got? Northampton. Tim? Um, 2012 loses Ulster. Uh, oh, correct. Yeah. Damn it. One point for Tim. 2013 was Northampton. Okay. Uh, Twitter. Twitter. Lowest is Sale, highest is Tigers. I said Tigers, highest, Worcester, lowest. Uh, you both have one point. For Tigers. For Tigers. Oh. Sale are third lowest. Oh. Worcester are second lowest. Which means Newcastle are lowest. Mm. Mm, there you go. There's any justice, Bristol would be highest. Uh, Bristol was, are fourth if lowest. It was purely on merit. They, they, they must be fastest growing, surely. <laughs> um, next one is Toulon and Stad. I've got Toulon and Lyon. Does that mean Ooh, that's a good one. It's definitely Lyon, because that's, that's the last French club he was at. I couldn't remember the first. I think you might be right with Stad. Stad is correct. Ah. It's not Toulon, though. Not Toulon. It's Lyon, ah, isn't it? It is Lyon. Damn. Lyon. So it's 3-2 to Tim at the moment. Is it? Yes. Is it 2-all? No. No, we both got a point on that one. Tim got Northampton. Uh, Tim got Ulster, Ulster. not Northampton. Uh, All-time top European Champions Cup try scorer. Ashton? I put Bod. Ashton is correct. Yes! Ah, Ashy! Legend. it up. Damn it. 3-all. And then the, the two South African World Cup finalists. Burger. Cup winners. Scout Burger. One point for each. Heinrich Brousseau. Incorrect. No! I don't don't have an answer. How is that incorrect? It was... I guess he didn't play. That was the answer. Not playing. So who would it be then? Um, What club are they at? Worcester. Oh, oh, he's not going to come back and play. The centre. Who's the centre? Yep. Like he was with won't play for Worcester centre Teal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, he was like him. <laughs> him and Teal were playing together a couple of years ago. Um, I've got no idea. Who is it? South African thirteen. Uh, not um, Jack Ferry or someone. Like that. No, no, no. Uh, Olafia. Why none? Oh, Olifier. for God's sakes! Yeah. So it's a draw. Well done. Three all. Three all. Well, well done, Pathetic. <sighs> 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Right. Well, how can we delay talking about sale a bit longer? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't we talk, talk about George Ford? Good, very good all-round performance. So th- this this game, so I watched this on Saturday, and I was struck by the fact that so this season, Leicester have been a team, a, a quality team of individuals, yep. but not a team together. Whereas Gloucester have been a great team together, even though not always the best individuals. And in this game, it was like they were the complete opposite of the form that they've had for most of the season. Yeah. Leicester played like a team, and Gloucester, there were some standout performances. Um, I thought, well, all of the back row played Freddie really Clark well. Freddie Clark, Gareth Evans, Moster played really well. Um, but as a team, they didn't bring it. They didn't... Just they too didn't many function. mistakes. Uh, this this game is about two fly halves, and one of them didn't play. Um, I, yeah. I, I, think, I, I think my prediction was, George Ford's going to have to win this on, on his own. And he basically did. I mean, he a little was, bit help from a, from a few players like Jonah Holmes was. Jonah Holmes. I said who else played probably his best game for a long time was Manu. Manu re- really stood out, particularly in D. Yeah, he's D. he didn't do much. Go- they, they used the back three better with ball going forward. It's, like, yeah. it's not like what we said before. The it's like having a, a really incredible running back in an NFL team. It means your wide receivers have got a bit more space because exactly it just takes that focus. Yeah. But I mean, I think George Ford's got to play at 110 percent every every week because outside of him, I mean, the forwards can't carry well at all. They've got no, they've got no go forward whatsoever. Um, I, mean, I guess Genge gives you a bit, but you know, that's he, he about didn't, it, isn't Genge it? Genge didn't do much in this game. Calamifoni, as he always does, he carries often. He carries hard. He's just not very effective. Yeah, um, that, that's why. Uh, what's his name? It's so important. The guy who's injured. Um, help me out here. Guy Thompson. Thompson. Guy, Guy Thompson yeah, and Denton, yeah. I think, are actually going to be very, very important, uh, the, important so guys from Pull it on now. So he went off injured quite early with his... Oh, That's yeah. right. Yeah, he did. Yeah, because Kerr came on. Yeah, he went off quite early. He normally does a, a good share of the carrying. Mm. So didn't, didn't need that in the end. And as you say, George Ford was excellent at yeah. really... I, I actually think he, if he you rewatch one... that game, you'll see, well, in my opinion... Um, the Gloucester forwards had the beating of Leicester. I thought I, I tell you what, I love watching uh, Gareth um, Evans. Gareth, Gareth Evans play because a few years ago he was outstanding. He was scoring from all sorts of places, and I think he, he must have a long a long term injury. So Gloucester did, stuck yeah, with him yeah, for yeah. about three years. We've not seen him for a, you know a, you know 
a good two. And he is playing outstanding. Um, and then the kind of, you know, the Tigers pack was a little bit, a little bit plain, a little bit vanilla. Um, the Gloucester halfbacks were so off the pace. They were. I thought Callum Breeley had a really poor, ineffective game. And that probably had a knock-on effect to Owen Williams. Where's and he ben is Bellicott, in a... Ben by the way? Ben Bellicott was on the... He was, was on the bench on the for bench, the first yeah. time in a while. Yeah. So he must be... And he's on his way to Wasps, as I understand it. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that had a knock-on to Owen Williams. I think Owen Williams has got a really tough gig now because he is a really high-quality player. But you need time. You need time in a halfback partnership. Uh, you know, you need to be given the reins of a team for a little while. And he's not had that opportunity. And so asking him just to run the show, that's a real, and real big He's been doing ask. it for a few weeks. And as you said, he has got a pack that are giving him good platform. Yeah, Callum yeah. Breeley is so a if, if, you, if, you, if you, you say, if you are a top quality 10. Yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. If you're top quality with, 10. With a, with a good pack. You, you should be able to do the business. I mean, it makes you wonder, doesn't it? Where would Gloucester be this season without Danny Cipriani? Mm. I mean, they might really, really struggle. Mind you, they'd have B- Billy Burns, I, I guess. And Lawn Bell should have been going off at Gloucester from last year because last year they signed Owen Williams on big money and he never really started in that team. That was Billy Burns' Burns's team until he left and Danny Cipriani came in. And I think at 12, he just tries to play the ball too much. So at 12, what you need is kinetic energy going forward from a big body to get over the game line. So he's not that. So it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't surprise me if once Danny Cipriani's you know, up and fit and back and apparently looking to extend his contract, mm-hmm. uh, it wouldn't surprise me if, they, if uh, they move Owen Williams on somewhere because he's worth a lot of money. He's not playing like it. Mm. He didn't play like it this weekend. Yeah. Which is a shame because yeah. he's a good player. But... Fair, fair play Leicester, but like you say, the hot and cold continues. Yeah. It does. What do yeah. you, just sorry, just going back onto Gloucester. What do you do with their back row options? Because they are so immense. Um, well, they just they haven't got everyone fit. It's kind what of, do you do when they're kind, fit? Kind of highlights that. Well, you play nicely, rotate them nicely, rotate Frankie. them. They've got some serious, serious because you throw in that back row Paledri. did play. They, they were the best players. <laughs> yeah, I at him. For throw something. in Pelledri and Jack O'Creel. Uh, Ackerman, anyone? And Ackerman, yeah. I mean, they wanted to give uh, Moriarty a new contract. Yeah, can you imagine that? <laughs> I mean, That's what, just totally unnecessary having uh, Moriarty I mean, in that team. I mean, what what was the plan here to absolutely dominate the A League? <laughs> uh, it, it's it's their back row options are frightening as are, as all their centre options. In fact, the whole, like the whole squad's great. Uh, they just need to get to get, to get everyone everyone fit. Now, the try. Yeah. Which one? The Oliver fella. Jordan Oliver. Oh, I was furious about this because he's in my fancy team. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Oliver Feller is another guy I hate to be negative on, on these lads um, that was not a stunning bit of skill it was a try the rest of the game he was completely ineffective I did not see he, he was quite anonymous I mean he had lots of ball and he, but, had, he did lots of the same step so inside let's talk, about the, let's talk about this decision because in the context of this weekend we've seen some questionable TMO calls some odd officiating in general I don't know whether it's more under the microscope than it ever has been and so it's more noticeable. It struck me that this was a particularly bad weekend from the officials' point of view. There were a few bad ones. Like the... Although I do forgive Luke Pearson it, the, the Cobus Reinach mm. touches ball in goal, but then he plays on. Yeah, could, yeah. Uh, but he definitely touched... The ball definitely was downward pressure with him holding it in his own goal, so it should have been a 22. But that's, that's not what we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, and, and by the way, you just said downward pressure, which is, is a phrase which well, doesn't appear in the laws. Yeah. Um, he touched the ball down. Cobus Ryan. It was 
Oh, Corbis Rowan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Did, this... did, did Jordan Oliver Feller? Yes. Because um... a lot of people are outraged. And it was an amazing bit of skill to get into the position to do it. And I do wonder whether there's a little bit where um, people are, because it was such a great bit of skill to have got into that position, going, oh, come on, just give him the try. I can see what the TMO was getting at. He wasn't holding the ball. Well, so this is the bit that... It's nonsense. It's a it's try. In- interpretation of the laws, as they're written, are not not in line with the way they're intended, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, I, I hear you on so that. So I think he never lost control of the ball. and let, Let's not yeah. talk. He never lost yeah. control of the ball, and he places it down with downward pressure. Not in the laws, not the way that the laws are written, but that is how scoring a try is intended to be, yeah. and he affected a try how yeah. it was intended to be. Yeah, yeah. So I, I do have a bit of an issue with the way... Because you, you can't... When the, when the laws were written, no one was imagining Oliver Feller with 90% of his body uh, going towards the touchline with three men on top of him, an outstretched arm. <laughs> no one was imagining that they scenario. Were, yeah, I mean, they literally wrote it at a time where probably, um, <laughs> you know... Uh, uh, Tarquin uh, Rogers Rogers Smith, who weighed twelve stone wet through, was tackled by uh, you know da- uh, David Sugton Jones, <laughs> and you know it, it was just e- easy to sort out rather than these super athletes. So, so, so yes, I, I completely get that. I do think it's, it's something the point that you've made in the past, Tim. I do think there should be a little bit more kind of leeway for officials rather than interpreting the literal word of the law. But it was just a try. It was just was a just, try. How is the law intended? Was that how you think a try should be so, scored? So just to oh, highlight yes. why I have sympathy with the TMO, I do think that they should have given the try, but why I don't think everyone should go, oh, that TMO, you're, you're a loser. The law as it's written says, in this case, there's two ways you can score a try. One where the ball's rolling along the ground, for example, and you mm-hmm. you touch it down. That's the, the other part of the law is where this is concerned. It says a, a try is scored when a player is holding the ball and touching the ground with and it. And touching the ground with it. Now, Jordan Oliver Feller arguably was in the process of losing control and he just had a fingertip in contact with the ball. I would have given it a try, but I can understand why it's not. Yeah. And, and going back to the, the laws now they're written, yeah, you're opening yourself up to situations like this and next week a try will be given by someone else and they'll say yes, a try, and that's what infuriates people. Yeah, yes, it's inconsistency. inconsistency. Uh, anyway, there are things like... Um, so why not make it simpler? You know, like, Matt, like Matt Carley was um, not particularly good this, uh, good, good this week. Oh, no. Um, I- there was that one. There was the co- there was the Northampton game where there was some, you know, some of the decisions are made on just such, you know, such fine interpretation of the law and such you know high amounts of scrutiny. They think, well, if it, what would you say if this was just open play and you didn't go back to the TMO? Would you have played on? Mm-hmm. And if you would have, just give the try. Like, was it the Thomas Young try? So he the, wasn't. So the Thomas Young try, I thought Luke Pierce did really, really well to. He's to logically it. talk it through is, and apply the laws correctly. He is, Luke Pierce was a hundred percent right, and I think uh, the TMO in the Olafea try, there is a scenario where he is right. You know, it's not, it isn't black and white, uh, but it's this thing, isn't it? Of have you over scrutinised it? Because if Thomas Young was just playing and that was in the middle of the field and he got up and carried on running, no one would bat an eyelid, and that's the difference. Uh, Friday night was a really good, exciting, intensely fought game. I thought the officiating really spoiled that match. I don't know. Depends. Uh, well, no, what, depends. I think what, what I think what was interesting and what will serve... <laughs> depends so, who you support. Uh, it depends <laughs> what, what yeah. you're watching. I think it will serve Saracens well 
long term because I think they will have to look at themselves because they will find themselves in situations like that. They're not in situations like that very often. They were, I thought they got very, very harshly dealt with. Well, save save your thoughts. Did, did, didn't get the sorry. I was going to say didn't get the rub of the green, but the way Saracens dealt with that, was, save your thoughts, wasn't becoming of a um, a champion team. They did not deal with it well. Well, and they need to. They, they, they do need to address that. Uh, but they were. It was. I was. I'm not. I, I didn't have any skin in the game. I was a total neutral. And uh, like, likewise, it, it spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> it really it spoiled the spectacle for me somewhat because I thought. This is just what are you doing? Some of the decisions I could I was scratching my head, could not get it. Hmm. Well, do you want to talk about the sale game now? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Um well, we've not done what's well, uh, not, not, well, not that's fine. fine, fine. Uh, yeah, we'll do it uh, well, uh, so so address so, that yeah, point. Yeah, Tying yeah. in from the officiating to that. I I thought yeah. Matthew, I thought Matthew Carley, who has has a lot of good games, and this is not this is not personal and, and, and it's a tough job. Yeah. And uh, Matthew uh, Carley. the game couldn't happen without them. It re- I thought Saracens was so hard done by. Well, Sale played at this is just talking about the scrum, okay? Because that's I think the most contentious area. So the first scrum of the day, Saracens absolutely hammered uh, Sale. And I was like, this is going to be a really, t- really tough ask because if you look at those two teams, as I did before the game, I thought the only guy I'd take for Sale, sorry, for Saracens out the Sale pack, maybe the back row, you know, maybe may- may Curry over Burger, but definitely I would have had Weber in over. Um, Whoever the guy was, Wilson Croft. Yeah, I'd have, I'd have had both the sail flankers over there. Yeah, I mean, Saracens flankers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would have. It's a, yeah, it's a toss. You probably but, put Isiqui in for Skelton. Yeah, yeah. So the second row. But you know, on balance, I thought that uh, Saracens pack on paper was um, was better. So the first scrum, Saracens absolutely caned Sale. After that, the scrum kept on going down. But actually, Sale just played. They just gave the referee a better picture because you can see when they go down. Regardless of who pulls it down or what happens, uh, Sale always finish off driving over the top of Saracens. Yeah, smart. And that's and what simple. you've got to do. And I think I think Matt Carley was basically fooled into giving penalties. Yeah, I agree. When they should have been re- like I resets agree. or Saracens penalties. The look on Mako Vunapola's face, you could see he was absolutely but, dumbfounded. And the number of times I saw Will Griff John turned in at 90 degrees on the floor. But like you say... That they yeah. he showed a picture where they they were pushing on the floor, but Mako and Vincent Cock for that matter are literally world class experts yeah. Yeah. at yeah, this yeah. craft. Okay, Will John has come from Doncaster, and yeah, he's yeah. doing more. Oh, no, 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 if those I, I know. guys can't, I, know. I mean, I know. Yeah, if those guys can't change the picture, that that's on them. So, so going back, going back to my point, they did not deal with it well because I think they were yeah. the scrum for an example. The majority of the decisions I don't agree with. Yeah, and and I think Sale should have been penalised, and I think it would have had a, a really. But huge like penalised for what? I mean, obviously I can only see one side. Like well, one if, side you, of if you had to penalise one or the other, I, 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 more times than not, I think he got yeah. it the wrong way. Now, the but, other thing I'd say is, and this goes for all referees, it is so hard to know what's going on. You have an idea of what goes on in, in the front row because you've been there. Phil, you've watched hours and hours and hours of rugby, and I think you would probably struggle to officiate what goes on. Yeah. Yeah, in the scrum because absolutely. you honestly just don't know absolutely. you just don't know so the best you can the only thing you can give the ref is the, the finishing picture unless it's really obvious like you're just pull, pulling it down the finishing picture and Sale did that so much better Sale were really streetwise and this is what surprised me about Saracens just linking into yeah. the officiating and what I said is the the way they lost their rag oh. the, the way they um, just like Macro Vinopola looking bemused rather than 
Leading. Problem solving. Yep. Yeah. How, yeah, yeah, yeah. Worst, how, do, you, how yeah. do you change this? The worst yeah. guy for this, by a country mile. And it's quite funny because I had to interview um, Van Rensburg before before the game. How big is he looking at the minute? Huge. Yeah. He's a big old, big old slice. Um, and he told me something re- really interesting, actually. I was like, yeah, because you're so big. Like, do you have to consciously work on keeping keeping fast? Because he is pretty fast, too. Um, you know, isn't the... Isn't the uh, the temptation just to run over everyone and he said I never purposely try and run over people it just happens I think when I look at people as massive as him uh, I, I, and I saw this when I was looking at world's strongest man he's like <laughs> every every pound of muscle respires so many more calories mm. so the bigger you are the more calories you are just constantly you're burning. like a, you're like a radiator yeah. you're just, you're just a, a calorie factory just burning calories which just makes me think about how much you you know, and Hansi von Rensburg well, gets to eat. Well, yeah, well, well, well he must sh- get to eat so much food. <laughs> well, the chef at Sale uh, has him on a five thousand calorie a day diet. Wow, there nice. you go. So Neil, the chef, actually told me that. Anyway, so um, and w- the other thing that we we're saying as well is a shame that he wasn't fit because he's going to be fit for this game. And I thought if he's going down that channel and uh, Brad Barrett isn't there to to, to, to protect Owen, Owen is going to lo- lo- lose his rag. And what happens? Gets a yellow card, and then he just doesn't shut up. And this is why he's a leader, but he's not a captain. Yeah. And I, I think yeah. he really, really let uh, he really, really let his side down. He started playing really well, maybe last twenty, but other than that, I thought he was poor, and I thought the centres were poor. Um, the, the most shocking thing for me about Saracens is they they basically got beaten up. So they they showed up, and there was one particular ruck where Chris Ashton's on the floor, and they're grabbing him, and going, "Yeah, Ashton, you know, roughing his head up," because they know what what he's like. Thankfully, Ashton didn't blow up and lose it. Yeah. Um, uh, but after that, they just went into their shells and they just got an absolute hiding. And I think that one of the guys that sets a tempo for that at sale is Rob Webber, which is why I was you know, uh, pr- uh, 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 pr- praising before. But this this game is about Sale beating beating them up, and then Sam James just having ridiculous skills which you can't which you can't coach. I mean, you can put him in good situations, but you can't coach what that guy can do. Sam yeah. James and Denny. Oh, Denny. I mean, my so, word. So, Sam James sorts his defence out, and he's he's legit. Could be an England player. I think we need to face up to the fact that he's not. He he, he isn't doing that. <laughs> I, I think he is what he is now, and he's absolutely, absolutely. He's probably he might be one of the most naturally gifted players in in the entire Premiership. So, but but, but, but maybe the, the amount the amount that you've fixated on Owen Farrell's defence. If if Sam James ever plays for England, you are going to be. Uh, Sam I mean, James will never play for England. I, I just. I mean. I, I I hope he does. Oh, and by the way, this isn't. I think this is this is me basing it on stats, which again don't tell the whole picture, but on statistically. What Sam missed tackles, Tim? Sam, mean, Sam James what? has more missed tackles than anyone in the Premiership over the last couple of years. Well, he also defends at thirteen, and, and that's difficult. It, um, yeah, it's it's it certainly is. more difficult than defending at ten. Oh, no, I agree. Anyway, and again, anyway, this is why I said stats don't yeah. tell the whole picture. So. Yeah, correct. Um, yeah, but going forward, he's he's just. He, he's irresistible. The yeah. sale were really good, and uh, one of the things that makes them good is how clinical they are when they have the ball. You know that that Denny try was outrageously good. Uh, so and the Sam James one, yeah, that was true. Yeah, because Sale didn't have a huge number of chances. No, and same as last week with Gloucester, they kind of had four chances or they had five chances and finished four of them. Yeah, I, I tell you something else as well. How many caps does Chris Ashton have? 60, I'm going to guess. I don't know. It's up there, isn't it? It's, 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 it's going to be the tiebreaker. Yeah. Okay. Tiebreaker for the quiz from I'm earlier. guessing it's like, oh, 62 or something. Uh, <laughs> you well, said 60. I Tim. said 61, didn't uh, I? Uh, did you? All right. Uh, uh, no, no, I'll, okay. I'll go 70. There's not 70, is it? I don't know if it's 70. It's, uh, 50. Uh, go on. I need final answers. Okay. Uh, no, I don't think he's... Uh, he's played quite a lot, but... 
Does he got 50 caps? I'll say 40, 47. <laughs> Just, what did you say? 50. 50. Uh, Tim, by undercutting you, has won. Oh, there you go. For, 41. Right. So, it's, I mean, it's a weird thing to say this. He's, a, he's the top, top all-time try scorer in Europe. He's got 40 odd caps. He's wasted his career. He should be at fullback uh, because, like, maybe his positioning's not great. He is so dangerous. Like, he he picks a line. He's mm. uh, it, it works. Mm. I mean, it's weird. It's weird, right? Because people say, oh, he just doesn't get the end. You know, he doesn't get the place. You know, the uh, the reading of the game. He can't position himself defensively. And yet, on the other hand, we say he reads the game perfectly, and that's why he scores so many tries. These two things work in opposite directions. They are, um, they are different skills, the offensive and the defensive. You, you would guess they overlap, and I think that they do. I, I just imagine, oh, I don't know, I just, I, I don't know actually whether you go up against a really amazing team and New Zealand, let's say, and Bowden Barrett or is, you know, seeing the field the way he does. I wonder where, actually whether you would take away from Chris Ashton's attacking potential because he would be so, having to be so vigilant yeah, defensively, uh, he he is a nice attacking option to have from fullback. And when you have got Daniel on one wing, oh yeah, and uh, Byron, yeah, and Byron, and then the other the other guy who looked okay and is getting there is uh, James O'Connor operating nicely at twelve, but still not quite the guys like article. Chris Ashton and why I think Mike Brown could still be so important for England because he just he's like I've got this, don't worry about it. You go do what you do. I've got this. Yeah, yeah. but I mean Ashton's got that sort of confidence, and you know if you want to talk about a character who's got similar attributes just you know, personality wise to Mike Brown it probably is Chris Ashton mm. cocky as anything self-confident <laughs> very very narky you know he, he isn't dissimilar one bit so you're saying I, uh, Ashton for uh, England fullback no but I tell you what I think Denny should be looked at again I mean I don't know how he's so good he isn't that lean he's bloody massive actually um, and he, he's rapid and he's strong he, that's the Denny that we've known before he hasn't looked like that this season no, he's only really Overall. come back come back into fitness. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, he's not. You know, like you see some guys who are super lean and super super super, super athletic. He well, he doesn't look like that. He's just a he's a, just a big bodied guy, and he can yeah. absolutely shift. But he just he knows his way to the try line. Yeah, he knows uh, how to beat a, beat a man. Three now, three wins in a row. Uh, is it? Mm. Oh, well there, there you go. Um, Up now to fifth place. Just something on this tangentially linked. Um, Rugby this weekend, in general, have you noticed that all the teams have started to almost do exactly the same thing? It's always a pod of three outside a nine, and then that is it. Usually a latch, or play play out the back. And everyone now is basically playing exactly the same brand brand of rugby. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, I could describe the average uh, I can descri- sequence I... of rugby. It will be one of those, pod of three, outside nine, maybe go again. And then it will be loads of people joining the ruck and lengthening the ruck by about three people <laughs> while the scrum half does a box kick and away we go. Yeah, like the open rugby, this, I mean, so, so I always think of say like doing the out the, the, the out the back stuff from that pot of three. But like everyone now is basically pot of three, latch, drive, pot of three, out the back, pot of three, off, off nine, oh, pot, pot of three off the ten. And then eventually that, they run it through. That's nothing new. That's been going on, but, but almost for this, since professionalism. Yeah, but for this weekend, I would say it was like everyone looked absolutely identical in terms of how of how they played. Well, the flip the flip side of that is, look at what happened when Saracens did let the ball go, and they used Mako Vinopolo as that decoy ball handler, let it go wide. They nailed it and scored that brilliant try. Um, was that the first minute? The, the first minute, yeah. yeah. 
and is, then uh, Sale look most dangerous when they just go right. We're going to go wide. We're going to we're just going to get the ball into space. Well, they've got in, uh, they've got far more. In, I, I don't know if you remember me saying this, but I think I might have said they're the best team with ball in hand because <laughs> they are. Um, and I, th- I think now. They might be one of the best teams with ball in hand. Because I think they, kind of three years ago when you first said it, they were absolutely. <laughs> they were that, I mean, that was they, they were probably Johnny Leota and and uh, who's the other guy? Yeah, uh, Sam Tuitupu. Fullback yeah. Sam Tuitupu. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Great players. But, you know, they they play very intricate patterns with that pod of three, yeah. and that's all down to Paul Deacon, who is hugely underrated as an attack coach. So yeah, that's all I've got well, to say about that. Really good weekend for them. Yeah, for them. I'm sure they had a good old school knees up afterwards. They did. It was their New Year's Eve. In fact, I wonder if many rugby clubs did that. I think most rugby clubs did because they couldn't. They were all playing New Year's Day. Were, were they? Have I made that up? No. No New Year's Day, Day was Tuesday. No, 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 yeah. So there wasn't. Oh no, or they had Wednesday. their preparation for the week. So yeah, they had their New Year's Eve on Friday night, straight after the game. Um, there you go. Wasps N- Northampton, and that's it. It is. Um, not a vintage game. No, not by any stretch. Both teams made a hell of a lot of mistakes. Um, I thought I thought Wasps did very well to manage the Northampton threats. So Northampton, they've got some handy players. So Dingwall, who scored a very nice try, is a yeah, live wire runner. What? Tom Collins did, is a very uh, live wire. Did he score? Yeah. Oh, get in. <laughs> so, 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 actually, I noticed you actually made you actually filled the team. This week in fantasy rugby draft. No, so After what happened? Is I, some it, criticism on Twitter. Is is I had to um, I had to leave the traffic centre where I was watching it on my phone, and then head head home. And when I got home, like three tries had been scored. Digwell, you legend. They, <laughs> there you go. Um, oh, Seventeen points, good lad. Uh, yeah. What was I saying? So what were you saying? So, um, Dingwall, Tom Collins, they apart from the try. Uh, Wasps managed them in defence very well and Naira Voro who is potentially one of the biggest threats with ball in hand every single time it, it almost seemed that Nazim Carr and Tom Youngs were man-marking him at mm. times because as soon as he got the ball multiple times those two were just on top of him and when those those two double up tackling you're going nowhere I'm just looking at that Wasps team sheet and you can see what they've been missing because in the same lineup, I can't remember the last time they've had Dan Robson and Joanne de Jong, and Vili LaRue, and Josh Bassett, Elliot Daly, Lima Sopawanga, Michel Campagnaro, and up front, having Launchbury, that makes a massive difference. Yeah. Launchbury and Tom Young, who have been missing, they were very important for this pack, because both of them... So, Young's does a bit of the flashy stuff, but both of them, especially Launchbury, does so much of the, like, the unseen hard work, slowing down... Northampton ball and stopping them from getting quick attacking ball which the likes of Reinach and Bigger who are the two of the form halfbacks in the league love because it allows them to exploit the the quicker stronger guys outside them yeah so I, th- I thought Wasps it was not a vintage performance but it was a good performance and one that does show their potential to get back into the top four later in the in the season yeah I don't think Northampton are going to be that good this year but I think they're building nicely yeah, and Chris, Chris Boyd... To, to the end that we talked about last week. Yeah, Chris Chris Boyd will take some time to properly straighten that team I mean, out. Dan Bigger, immediate impact. And Luther Burrell seems to be coming good again. He's playing well at the moment. He's, having he's more... playing for a new contract, or possibly off to France. Talk about Jonathan Ooh. Joseph uh, being a Northampton target. Yeah, so Northampton, the, the reports are they're looking for an outside centre, 
I mean, Dingwall is playing very well. Francis has been playing outside centre, but nah. nah. So the the short list includes Jonathan Joseph. Includes Still not available and probably going to miss the Six Nations now with his foot injury. Ooh, yeah, that's, bad. that's worrying. I mean, yeah. That's so bad. maybe you don't want him. Ryan Crotty is someone that... No, I but, uh, sorry, like. sorry. Wow. Who? Lovely Ryan Crotty. Very lovely Ryan lovely Crotty. Lovely Ryan Crotty. Who we had a chat to on the uh, the dance floor in Monaco. A lovely, lovely man. Really nice bloke. Yeah. I uh, introduced I was a little so bit I drunk. wish we could tell all the stories of <laughs> of that club. No, no, in no, Monaco. Tim. It, it, no, it, it no, wouldn't no, Tim. be right and proper to <laughs> to divulge. If you get if you catch us with a pint, there's some stories to tell. It was uh, wild. <laughs> yeah, it's different. <laughs> it's very different. I went over to the first thing I said to Ryan. Ryan, I'm such a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, basically, Ryan, exactly. who's like four years younger than me. I'm such a big fan, <laughs> Ryan. Uh, basically, exactly the same conversation that I had with uh, Sean Maitland. Uh, <laughs> Sean! Sean! <laughs> all, all I will say is seeing Brian Habana uh, oh. dancing was, it. Was, it. was spectacular. Habana Khaleesi. Uh, uh, and Jean de Villiers, Jean de Villiers, and Dianti, uh, um, Peter Omani dancing with those oh, yeah. boys was yeah. amazing. Uh, Loved it. So, sorry to cut across international superstars uh, dancing together in, in, in Monaco. <laughs> so I want to tell you that, that like the highlight of my sale sharks weekend was <laughs> heading towards the press room and you see the the away change room and Sean Maitland saying hello to me. Uh, with without w- without being prompted, <laughs> that that was by far the highlight. Of my entire weekend. Hello, mate. You right, mate? Did he apologise for bumping you off in uh, He did Monaco? not bump me off. He was busy. <laughs> we're, we're great he, mates. He pied us in Monaco. He did not pie us in, in, in Monaco. Pied he you had other things to do. No, he did not. <laughs> <laughs> we, are, we, are, we are great friends. <laughs> great mates. <laughs> great mates. Quite. So, overall, well done, Wasps. What a try for Joan de Jong as well. Yeah. Oh, well, sorry. Uh, yeah. I've, got, I've got one more story. Go on. <laughs> from Monaco or from Sale? From uh, from uh, from Sale, and this one is actually quite My good. So um, after saying hello to Sean Maitland, I can't believe it. I forgot this. Um, I was quite lately leaving the AJ Belt and um, celebrating long into the night. <laughs> no, but, uh, absolutely not. Um, getting uh, information, talking to people, making sure that we can deliver a high quality podcast on Sunday. You do yeah. a great on Twitter. You do a great impression of a Sale fan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I do. I think I'm very very balanced. So. I, ca- I came out and heard me there, Sean Maitland. He said, oh, I'm going out in Manchester. I was like, all right, cool. Um, uh, so he's wa- he- he's waiting outside and there's like four of them. I'm like, oh, Sean, you don't, you, you, you waiting for a taxi? He goes, yeah, yeah. I jump in. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll drive you in. What state was your car in? Uh, well, this is the cash case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he goes, yeah, 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 fine, fine, fine. And then as he said fine, two, two more people joined him. So there's six. I was like, oh, oh, well, I can't take six. I, I, I can only take four. So they decided decided to get a taxi. right? But the four I was going to take, I can't remember the other two, but one was Owen Farrell and there was two other players. It's like, damn it, that would have been a great story oh, for the mate. podcast. <laughs> I couldn't believe Why it. Why didn't you get the cash guy with the two yeah. optional seats? <laughs> two, two plus two. Damn it, <laughs> come on. Yeah. I'll, I'll come back and get you. Yeah. <laughs> where do I, where do I, how can I buy an each seat a car? <laughs> <laughs> 11 o'clock at night on a Friday. Yeah, yeah so uh, I thought that could have been one of the best stories for the, for the podcast oh, ever. Oh, gutted. But never mind. Gutted. Uh, so, so Faz, great mates, and who else went out? There were two other play. There were two other players, and then Just, two girls joined them straight, like, walking out. So there was six rather than four. I could have taken four. God damn it. 
Obviously, Maitland would have got the front seat because we might have been might have really been Faz's, close. Fuzzy's wife. Yeah, yeah. So it was two players. I, I can't remember who the others were. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Jackson Ray. I'm just trying to guess who would go. Who, no, I, I honestly who, can't remember. On a night out with great mates. Yeah. I don't know. Damn it. Yeah, I can't. Well, shall we get this back? If it was Tom Wollstonecross, you could have, uh, you know, told him out. No, they were all, they were, I'm sure they were all backs, so it could have been, it could have been Lazowski. I I couldn't tell you, but they were all, they were all relatively slender. I tell you what, uh, Tolafua is an enormous man. Yeah. An enormous man. And he's lost a hell of a load of weight. He's slimmed down. Yeah, and he's still not very good, is uh, the secret people. Oh, we've not actually mentioned the yellow cards. I thought, so the Tolafua one would definitely hear yellow card. Was that the rucking? Yeah, the ruck? just completely. He, he blind. was bad. I mean, there, there was there was a little element where I was like, "Well, Aaron Reed just about had his hand on the ruck as he got hit." I, <laughs> and I, I quite like a bit of ruck justice. Ruck justice. People getting smashed, but I thought, yeah, I thought Aaron was... Reed against Tolafield is not a fair fight. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> no. Uh, he's probably got ten stone on him. Oh, he is enormous. I mean, he's enormous, yeah. uh, but I, he's just not good at rugby. Uh, I, I kind of think the same about Will Skelton. I think that's uh, kind of... Will Skelton's much better than he was as well. Yeah, just um, enough. I can't help but think, I, exactly as, I think it was Hugo who said it uh, in comms, that the Farrell uh, yellow card was almost on reputation. Cause mm, I agree he, he with that. Because he definitely wraps the ball. It does then slip up, but it, that shouldn't really be a yellow, I don't think. Mm. I think it should be a penalty, yeah. not a yellow, mm. but the yellow was on you, reputation. Yeah, I, I totally w- go with you on that. We would have said... I, I was hoping the referee would say contact was made below shoulder level. It slipped up penalty only. Uh, well, that's, I, uh, with that. I mean, I'd just be worried for the World Cup because he's going to have a few more high shots in the Six Nations because Brad Parrott's not there to hold his hand. And then come the World Cup, he's going to cost you a big game. Hear me now, believe me later. It's going to mm. happen. Because, you know, that, you know, if it happens at the AJ Bell, it's going to happen against USA. Or, well, now, no, believe, that's not going to be a big Hear me big now, game. believe me later. Net... There'll be a net benefit of Owen Farrell, and I can say that with supreme confidence. Ooh, well, yeah, England yeah. will win more with him than they will lose because of him. Yeah. So I was thinking about uh, about this. Um, you're absolutely right. Owen Farrell is amazing. You need Brad Barrett. You need Brad Barrett. Uh, or, ben, or Ben Teo. That'll do. No, it's got to be Brad Barrett. He keeps him calm. He, he sort of knows. It's kind of like when I go on these little trips away with Phil. You know, if Phil went on his own, it'd be boring. If um, if I went <laughs> on my own, it'd be, it'd be chaos. But if we both go together, <laughs> it works okay. It's like Except a, when we get too drunk and got very, very early flights. Sounds like... But we still made it. Or sound, even in midday flights. <laughs> sounds like we're in a boardroom pitching a cop movie. <laughs> <laughs> I work alone. <laughs> He's messy. He's chaotic. <laughs> I can't work like this. So you're saying that Owen Farrell is Mel Gibson and Brad Barrett is Danny Glover. Yes. In the old lethal yes, weapon. exactly right. That's exactly how it is. Which is ironic. Well, Lazowski's got to be the police, police chief then. Yes. Chief Lazowski. <laughs> I want your badge and your gun. Yeah. Well, I mean, those two were all at City. Tompkins and Lazowski were all I'm Taking you off the case. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, right. Let's wrap this bad boy Next up. Next week's fixtures. Oh yeah. god, oh, ra- we'll rattle through these quick, smart. So we'll do it pool by pool. There'll so only be seven can, people still so, listening. Thank so we you can for mention still, li- still being listening. Yeah, me- mention pool by pool. So pool one, which Toulouse and Leinster basically have won. Bath and Wasps are out. Mm-hmm. Uh, those two are going to qualify. Uh, one o'clock on Saturday, Leinster get the opportunity to revenge their defeat to Toulouse 
in Ireland, which I think we're all saying a Leinster win. I'm not. I'm saying to lose. To lose. To win yeah, in I, Ireland. I, I actually think they're really good. They they are good. They're not that good. I think Leinster. they are. I think they're not good. No. Well, wait and see. Hear me okay. not believe me later. Uh, and then the other game, which no one cares about, Bath v Wasps at Bath, rested team. Oh, you're doing it by uh, pool, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, couldn't care less. On to pool two, which is the the closest pool. So any team can still qualify this for this. This is Pride, Ulsterman. No, this no. is uh, Munster, top it with 12 oh, points. Yeah, Exeter. Then Cast with nine points in second. Then He's Exeter and Gloucester, uh, third and fourth with eight points. So Friday night, we've got Gloucester hosting Munster. Now... Is where's Munster. where's Sippy Sippers? Oh no, Sippy, he's back. He's he, back for this. Is he back? He's back for this. Uh, oh, that's tasty. Gloucester are going to win because they have to. Uh, mm. They're not in a good run of form, but Sippers does make a he'll huge make a big difference. difference. Is Willie Hines fit? Willie Hines and Sippers yeah. both starting. Gloucester win. And if Ollie Thorley starts, yes. Yeah. There we go. Hines, Sippers, Thorley, Gloucester win. Gloucester win. There you go. Yeah, um, I agree. And the other game. Is on Sunday, one o'clock. Exeter hosting Cast, which Exeter, after looking like they were out, they can go through. So give me Exeter at home to win yeah. that. Yeah, Exeter. And, it, and we, we haven't if, talked about their game at Bristol. Oh yeah, ugly, tight. We always miss one. They, they, did, it, they did enough. They squeezed, squeezed a win out. Sorry, Bristol. Sorry, Exeter fans. But there you go. But Brist, Bristol getting one point. Not many teams yeah, will yeah. get. A oh, by the way, point there. and Bristol's attendance pretty cool. Oh, hang on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, no, so Bristol. Sorry, the reason I said that is Bristol's attendance. Figures were out this week. As they, an average they, for the season they're, they're, so far. Yeah, they're at Sunday Park. Um, they, um, I think they've got the highest attendance in the Premiership. Mm. Average excluding the Clash and Twickenham yeah, games. Yeah. That big game which, is, which is phenomenal. It is. Um, so, if as, as we are predicting Exeter and Gloucester win, that pool would be right on a knife edge. Mm. But what it will also mean is only one team can yeah. go, out, go out of that pool. So anything could happen in that last week. Pool three. So Saracens top four out of four. Glasgow second. Glasgow who got uh, a bit of hiding from your boys. They your did. Benetton boys. Yeah, a good win that. Very good good win. It is a very you good win. You must be very afraid of, uh, well, both Edinburgh and uh, Benetton. Now, I don't, I'm guessing they'll show the Ulster-Benetton game on uh, at, the end, at the end of January on, on Premier Sport because there's two Friday night games. Is a two. And I can't imagine Isn't the whole point of them they show every game. They, yeah, don't Premier Sport have multiple channels to show everything? Oh, well, if they do, why don't we get, why, why, why don't we turn full kit wanker and uh, watch Yeah, together? absolutely. Yeah, get I'll your Ruin Pienaar shirt out. Yeah. Get your Benetton. Dean Bud shirt. Dean I'm going to have Bud put on the back, back, back of that. <laughs> it's cheaper than Pienaar. <laughs> yes, substantially. <laughs> right. Uh, so, pool three looks like Saracens and p- probably Glasgow are going to qualify. Yep. We have got. Both games on uh, Sunday, so Leon hosts Saracens. Leon yet to win a game, uh, and Glasgow hosts Cardiff. Yeah. So, so I'm, we're looking for Saracens and Glasgow winning that. Yeah. So, yeah so just on, on Leon, right? I was on Talksport too uh, to review this season's Champions Cup, and I said my surprise package, <laughs> Leon. Leon, and they have surprised me because they've not registered a single point. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a massive surprise. Pool four. So, again, it's possible for two teams to qualify from this. No Ulster, they'll probably throw it away. But Racing top the group, four from four, 19 points. Ulster in second with 14 points. Leicester in third and Scarlets not won a game on two points. 
So, just wait till Hadley Parks beds in at 10 and Ken Owens, Ken Owens. and it will all be all right. Yeah, Ken Owens exactly. playing on the wing this week. Yeah. Uh, so, Ulster hosts Racing 92. It's a home game, but Racing 92 are just... Yeah, it's going to be Racing, isn't it? It is going to be Racing. Ulster did get the opportunity to rest players. will be important. Yeah. Because if Ulster get four bonus points from these next two games, you'd think they'd still still yeah. go through. Yeah. Then uh, Scarlets host Leicester Tigers, which is a bit of a dead rubber. No yep. one really cares. Not bothered. Final pool. So in first place, Edinburgh with 15 points. Second, Montpellier with 11. Third, Newcastle. And fourth, Toulon. So both the British teams travel away to France. With Montpellier hosting Newcastle. Montpellier are going to win. And yes, and I yep. think the more I think about it, the more Newcastle are best just yeah. taking it a little bit easier. Get guys that need it game time, combinations game time. Throw get, some kids get, at the Duplessis. Give Guy Graham y- Yeah. Ruin some careers. Give give the best players time to recover. Yeah. And then Toulon host Edinburgh, which... which right, Edinburgh, so if they win that, they're through. Edinburgh, right? are now past the stage of surprising themselves. They are now, I believe, a confident team who will go into this expecting to win. Even if it's too long away, they are easily good enough. Well, going away to Glasgow. Twice? Sorry, beating Glasgow twice. Glasgow, a bloody good side. Uh, and I think they will, the way too long play, and I think that Edinburgh could go and win it. I think you're right. Uh, I think we should finish the pod on this. Have you seen the, the little video that's going around that everyone's sharing of Long Eaton Rugby Club? Oh yes, yes I have. It's very very good. <laughs> have you? I was going to say it's a hell of a perspective that first it is, the it viewpoint. Is. So I'm looking at a video of four men in shirts and ties and jackets. Sounds familiar. Swinging, uh, holding um, an extremity of a young gentleman who Each. is naked on his front and being swung back and forward as if they're trying to knock down the doors of a castle with him as a battering ram, <laughs> only they're letting go and using him as a bowling ball in a game of human temping bowling with soapy water all over the floor of the rugby club clubhouse uh, as he goes and knocks a load of How did they discover the this? That's what I want to know. Well, this is what I'm disappointed you haven't already invented this, JB, because yeah. you pride yourself on coming up with these drinking games. Well, it's not a drinking game. There's no drinking involved in this. Oh, I bet this is a fine. Oh, this is drinking. <laughs> yeah. What would the, what would the, if this was a fine? What would he have done wrong? He would have said the worst thing that that anyone's ever uh, I've ever experienced. He was our teammate at the time, JB. He uh, he missed a game of rugby because he wanted to go to the cinema to watch Fifty Shades of Grey with his girlfriend. Are you joking? That's not the worst thing. I've got wor- worse things worse than, than that. Worse really? than that? Yeah. So uh, missing um, a rug, missing a big league match to go and watch Fifty Shades of Grey with your girlfriend. Well, uh, a dear a dear friend of mine at Talk H uh, missed our social. To go watch Matilda in the theatre, right? And also in in Talk H, the the most severe thing. You, you, you are in Didsbury though, which is a, a very well to do <laughs> yeah. part of. Well, South the most severe thing that you can do is lose your club tie. If you lose your club tie, I mean, like we found a, found a club tie uh, on the drive of the rugby club, and you know it's like sending it to a forensics lab to work out who's tied. They're not <laughs> like this before. We're checking different photos. Anyway, la- last night. Um, a young lady, a young lady contacts our team captain because one of our players has left his club tie in her flat. Can you believe that? Yeah. So uh, there is a fine com- uh, uh, coming down. Maybe, th- maybe it was you know still attached to her wrist and the headboard. <laughs> <laughs> and he just peanutted the knot too well, much. All I'm and so- he was such a loyal teammate. He didn't want to cut it. 
You don't leave your tie anywhere, mate. You do not leave your tie. <laughs> it's like Gurkhas and the knives. Like you, you just don't leave it there. Um, but I, I, I think we should end the pod on, on, on this one, right? Because um, dear friend of the pod and uh, stalwarts for Aylesbury Rugby Club, Paul Millam, uh, has just tweeted us. But interestingly, his tweet location is Stoke Mandeville. Is he in jail? <laughs> and is that a women's jail? <laughs> well, there's a captive audience right there, Paul. Get people listening to the pod in jail, please. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole untapped audience right there. Yeah, get yourself out. I'm sure Stick Mandeville's a women's jail. Anyway, he's either in jail or in a women's jail. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's just identifying as a woman. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to go to jail, you may as well identify as a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why you wouldn't. Right. At Rugby Podcast, you know where else to find us. Let the boys play. Let the boys play. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.